about Zen and when we read what the ancient masters have written, how they have expressed their own experiences, we certainly will come across the word, the great matter. And so we might ask ourselves, what is it, this great matter? When we start our investigation after some time, it becomes clear that the great matter is the question of life and death, of birth and of death. The pattern that we play in the beginning and at the end of our sittings on the wooden instrument, on the Han, reminds us of the span that we call our lives from being born to dying, appearing and completely disappearing. Impermanence, the activity of change, the activity of nature always is dynamic, in flux, in movement. It doesn't stagnate. It might rest, but it is not the rest of a dead stop. But if so, it is the rest that is full of potential energy and of potential dynamic movement. So that pattern gets shorter and shorter. First there are seven loud strikes, followed by that accelerating succession of strikes that get softer and softer and softer and faster and faster and faster. Then five, and again the roll. Then three, the roll. Two soft strikes, and finally one loud. And that's it. That's when it's over. We like to think about our lives often as constant increase, increase, increase. However, if you really look at it closely, the years of growth are few in comparison to the years of constant decline. For that very reason, old age, sickness and death are the topics of the teachings of the Buddha. Now you might think, uh, what a negative outlook here. He's talking about dying again. However, what we learn in this practice and what this practice often is about is to fully face that death, the complete 
disappearance of that what is. And as we learn in our practice by observation, but also by experience, is that in order for something new to take the place of the old, that what has been there needs to go. The breathing that we do in our zazen, each breath is only possible when we relinquish the previous breath. One makes room for the other and they're dependent upon each other. There's no thinking involved. There is also no fear. Nobody fears to take another breath. What makes us feel very uncomfortable, though, is if the next breath does not Ask yourselves, what is it that makes me uncomfortable? What is it that I fear? And who is it who fears death? In the years of growth, in the years of accumulating things, we might accumulate a lot of physical objects, knowledge. But how does this knowledge help us when it comes to the end of all of that, where the slate is completely cleaned, where there truly is nothing that can be taken along? In the Zen tradition, facing one's own demise is a powerful and very important practice. I remember well when I studied with Joshu Roshi and when I spent time at Mount Bali Zen Center how there were some very dedicated younger students who had positions such as Shoshoji, the person helping the Shoji who serves the tea and takes care of those who are in the Zendo. And I saw these young people participate in Seichu. Seichu or Kesei is the equivalent to the rainy periods in India where the monks stayed in one place. So these training periods, Kesei, Ango, or Seichu, are intense periods where uh, the monastic staff and the students who practice do not leave 
the training center, the monastery, the Semmondoso. So during that time, the whole schedule is geared towards complete exhaustion. Traditionally, we woke up, or better to say after some time, we were woken up at 3 a.m. in the morning by a little bell and somebody sticking their hand into the cabin, switching the lights on without any thought, out of the bed, into the robes, quickly to the washroom to sprinkle some cold water in the face and remove the sleep from our faces. We had to appear in the Zendo 15 minutes later. And from there, the schedule went on without much time to rest, with very little time for yourself. The space in which you lived was the size of a mattress, the size of a bunk bed. And if you were lucky, you had one or possibly two drawers in a chest. That's all there was. A place to lie down, a place to sit in the zendo. Everything else, communal space, communal time, time in which we cannot manifest ourselves as individuals. The schedule goes on a regular day so that there are three formal meals that there is sitting in the morning and chanting and a visit to the Zen master called Sanzen or Doksan and then formal breakfast around 7 o'clock in the morning and after breakfast there is very little time just to change to brush your teeth, put on work clothes, and to appear for work practice, samu. Samu where those who participate in kese, in seichu, in ango, exercise Zen in action, complete dedication to what we are doing, shape-shifting, becoming 100% absorbed and involved in whatever our assignment is. And that goes on until maybe 11.45, then there's another signal, change back into robes and come back to the zendo just a few minutes later to go again as a group for a formal lunch. After lunch, some clean-up, Nuten Soji. And a short time for rest. In the afternoon, work continued after some informal tea and went until about 4.45. 
And the kind of work is work that is, by design, exhausting. It could be anything. I remember working on roofing the zendo, the shower house, the cabins, in the summer heat, or in the winter shoveling snow. All of these various physical activities that really allow the participants to give themselves fully. And after the evening yaksiki, the medicine stone, because it can't be called a meal according to the Indian tradition. After that simple meal in the evening, again zazen, checking in with the Zen master in Sanzen, in Doksan. The closing would happen around nine o'clock. So if you do that for 90 days, and then there are four seshin included here, where the schedule is even stricter, where there is no work, but even more sitting, you can imagine how exhausted one becomes. And that is by design. So here you find people who fall asleep on the cushion. And that is exactly the point where we have to remind ourselves of the limits of this existence. You really want to find out what this is about. Do it now. Be here fully. Visualize, feel, or even better, experience your own demise right then and there. Don't give up. Do it just the way the historical Buddha did it. When he sat down under the tree as Siddhartha Gautama, what he said to himself was, I will not get up until I got to the bottom of this. Come what will, I will not give up. So that's the spirit of sitting there in Zazen. No matter how hard it is to sit upright, no matter how much our body and our mind screams for letting it rest, calling up our own demise is a wonderful and very deep and powerful motivator in those moments. And one of the young students who was in this kind of state, constantly falling asleep, asked me, what can I do? And so my advice to that person was, don't waste the time. Call up that fear of death you have. Call up that dying. What if you die right now? Are you just thinking, oh yeah, let me die, anything is better than this? Or is it that you're truly there? Have you given enough that 
that self that has that kind of perception and consciousness, those ideas, those longings and wishes, is it truly exhausted so that it can fall away? Call death in front of you and face it. And when we do that, believe me, you will know if you're truly at that point or not. Unlikely, though, that if when we do this for the first time in our practice that we will not have difficulties. Of course, it is extremely difficult. But what we have to learn in Zen practice is not to give up. If we fall down, we get up. If we fall asleep, we will wake up again. And we renew our efforts. We don't have the time to look back and regret. We don't have the time to judge our own effort. Other than giving ourselves fully at every moment in the practice. And then, once we have some kind of experience, some kind of taste of what it means, this kind of effort becomes the core of our existence in whatever we do. That is what living authentically means. That is what makes those who others call awakened, makes them present in this very moment, in this very world. It takes great effort to come to such a place, but it is ultimately the only way to find true peace of mind. One of the ancients said that in order to live your life authentically and fully, we have to die at least once during our lifetime. And there's no difference if this is an ango, a seichu, a kese, or if this is just a sit here in the middle of a bustling city in the middle of a very stressful, busy week. This time is dedicated to the exploration of our own demise. This is the encounter that will lead us to true peace of mind. no moment to be wasted. The great matter is the matter of birth and death. We all have faced birth because we are here. Let us all together face death and fully embrace it with the same passion that we have for life.